Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. Um, this is episode 146, and we are recording um, earlier than normal because this episode is going to be released on Star Wars Podcast Day. So, Dave, what is Star Wars Podcast Day? It is February 7th. It is the unofficial date, I think. Official, unofficial date. The uh, They think it's the date that the very first episode of a Star Wars podcast ever aired. And if you want more information than that, we will be providing it on social media tomorrow. There you go. Um, that goes out with the post. Um but actually, let me see. It was the it was Jedi Talk, which premiered back on February seventh, nineteen ninety nine. Just yeah, and uh, about just about the time podcasts were becoming a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Podcasts and QR codes. I think those were things that I was trying to get teachers to use, and they're like, "What's this fancy? Oh, now nobody's gonna want to do this." And now it's like everybody's doing podcasts, and everybody uses QR codes. So, um, so anyway, so we've got a special topic tonight. Um, we'll tell that topic here in a little bit. Um, but first, we have to say, um, so Saturday was Crudevu, and. Um, my wife and I went down to the French Quarter and um, watched Crudevu. And uh, for those of you uh, not from New Orleans, Crudevu is the one. It's always funny to watch the uh, tourists who are here for their very first Mardi Gras parade and they, they go to Crudevu. It's like, nah, it's, yeah, you're going to get something different. Um, there's a, it's a PG 13, would we say, getting into maybe R. It's not as family friendly. It's not as family friendly as anything else. It's very a lot of political satire, a lot of just uh, um, anyway. It's anyway. It's that. It, so we were down French Quarter watching the parade, and then after it was over, Brittany and I went to uh, uh, a pub to get uh, get a get a couple beers, and some people come by, and they're wearing Arsenal gear, the football club, you know. Um, anyway, and I said. Oh, you guys here for Gunnar Gras? And so, for those of you who don't know, Gunnar Gras is a, the gathering. Fredo, you want to say what Gunnar Gras is? Because you're the one organizing the whole dang thing. Well, I'm not the only one. Actually, I'm, I'm one of the uh, group of people with the local supporters club branch from the National Arsenal America Supporters Club. Uh, yeah, about 10 years ago or so, we just had to have a meetup. Just say, hey. If you support Arsenal, you want to come to New Orleans, come and we'll hang out. We'll go to Crudevu. And, um, and we'll, it's kind of grown over the years. Uh, before the pandemic, we got 300 people showing up from all over the country, all over the globe. Uh, we've had people from as far as Hungary and as close as right here. So um, this was our ninth iteration that we've done. And we had to skip a year because... Well, 2021, there was no crew to move. There were no parades. Uh, so this year was our ninth. And uh, yeah, we were, we had some friends in town. And it's basically three, four days to just come out, hang out, get up at five in the morning to go watch a soccer match at six at a pub, and then just go out to the parades, go be in the quarter. You know, there's it provides an opportunity for people who've never been to New Orleans to come back, come in, and people who've been here come back and meet friends and so it's always a fun time. So back to so back to our normal programming here. I here Brittany and I are at the carry, and uh, like I said, guys in Arsenal stuff walked by and said, "Oh, you're here for Gunnergrau?" And they're like, "Yeah." It's like, "Yeah, well, we know one of the guys who helps organize it. We're good friends with with Fredo." You're friends with Fredo. You're good friends. Actually, I said Alfredo. By the way, I did say Alfredo. You're friends with Alfredo, and I was like, "Yeah." And they, they didn't believe me, so I went into my photos and I pulled up the picture of us at a Mardi Gras parade. That's Alfredo. Hey, Dave, he's friends with Alfredo. And then it's like, "What, really?" And I showed him the picture. Yeah, I know that beard anywhere. That's the guy. I mean, it was like, it was like I said, "Hey, I'm friends with Bono." That's the way this was. These guys were. Just they could not believe that I was good friends with Alfredo, but one guy was confused because there's another Alfredo from Venezuela because the one says from Venezuela and Britt looked at him like, no, he's not from Venezuela. 
I got family from Venezuela, but I'm not from Venezuela. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was just like, wow, we're like, you know, you know, you know, anybody want to touch me i'm friends with with alfredo so (laughs) not gonna gonna go get the bono sun uh i mean uh, sunglasses that's right you should uh, go go act like a rock star uh, aaron did you sign autographs for them man i i thought about it it's like here i'll I'll sell fredo relics (laughs) here here's a go cup that i caught you know at the parade standing next to him here Um, but then I said, yeah, well, you know, we've been good friends. We do a, do a podcast together. We do a podcast together. Yeah. It's what po- kind of podcast It's a star Wars podcast. I love star Wars. And so is it, are you on Spotify? I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure we are. So he had watched him go and subscribe to our, um, uh, podcast. So, uh, I can't remember his name, but, uh, dude from Houston, oh, like from yeah, Kevin, hi Kevin, if you're listening from Houston. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there you go. So Yeah. Dave, you and I are in the uh, presence of greatness. So we are indeed. Um, and uh, so let's uh, um, let's do just a little bit of trivia to get our brains wrapped around because we always do trivia. I, I have to read the one I saw. So uh, Fredo, who suggests that it would be cheaper to buy a new Starship than a replacement T fourteen hyperdrive generator? Hmm. I want to say Watto, but I might be. Wrong. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you if you could use the offensive uh, accent no. while you answer. No. Um, yes, it is Watto. All right, Dave. Who tells a curious Anakin? You catch on pretty quick. I think you might have had oh, this one gosh. before. Yeah, and I never remember this guy's name. I don't know this guy's name. <sighs> think of the most un-Star Wars-ish name ever. <laughs> Frank Smith. Well, you're close. I mean, his first name's Rick. <laughs> oh, was it Rick Ollie? Yep. Rick Ollie. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I've always wanted to say Rick Ocasek. I don't know why. And probably, well, he's from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away as well. All right. What duo are waiting for Han and his friends in the Cloud City dining room? That would be Darth Vader and Boba Fett. It is. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. By the way, the um, robot chicken uh, version of that whole dining room scene is is just awesome. Uh, but anyway. All right. Well, um, let's get into some news here before we get into our main topic. And uh, just a couple news items, except I have one that I'm going to add for a new segment called that we're going to have to start uh, making a part of this show. And that is the um, Aaron was right uh, segment. Um, so go ahead, go ahead and we'll start with, we'll start, we'll start with uh, Fredo's news bits and then we'll, we'll get to mine. So for a moment, I you're going to call it Aaron's soapbox. Nope. Aaron was right. So go ahead. Okay. So first bit of news, it's actually, um, uh, from political all things, weirdly enough. Uh, so the actor Mark Hamill has agreed to sell signed Star Wars posters to raise fund for the Ukrainian Defense Fund. So uh, their, their headline is, May the Funds Be With You. So The way it goes is uh, Mark Hamill says, we decided to sell a, uh, Star Wars posters, a limited amount, for real hardcore collectors, especially those that have disposable income, don't know any of those. You can get way more money than you would imagine. So, exactly how the sale, how the if it's going to be an auction, or if it's just going to be first come first served, or if, there, if there's going to be a high introductory price or whatever, and what's getting signed hasn't been finalized. The hope is that it'll start happening sometime this week, because I... they're trying to make it happen ahead of the uh, one year anniversary of Russia's invasion into Ukraine. And the idea is that this is going to raise money towards uh, uh, a project called the Army of Drones, basically uh, helping him raise funds so they can buy more drones, so they can kind of stop some of the stuff happening in Ukraine. So can I can I get it signed to Aaron? Like can people, or is it just you're getting a Mark Hamill signature? That, that's a, that's all a good question. Again, because the here's the, I mean, here's the interesting thing um, is that I first of all. I, if, if it's just going to be the person's signature, then I don't want it. 
because it takes away that that you know that personal connection type of thing that's what i've always liked um but what's interesting especially if you're going to do an auction like this like all of my autographed items um are not worth as much because they are addressed to aaron so the only person that's ever going to want to buy them from me is another person named aaron so um so i find that it, it's like, like kind of a double-edged sword there but uh yeah and just just to kind of confirm yeah this was this came up uh last week mark himself uh tweeted about it saying he's going to be signing a limited number of star wars posters real proceeds going to the fund that's going to benefit ukraine details soon watch this space so and then it links to the same article i just read from from politico so i imagine like i said they're trying to get and make it happen at the start of this week towards um ahead of the anniversary which is february 24th so we'll see just i do wonder how much they're you know how they're expecting how much money they're expecting to raise and what the entry point is going to be because the the article also states that the last time mark signed anything star wars related was around 2017 for the last jedi so he's not in the habit of oh put something in front of me or go doing autograph sessions cool all right so then from that to let's and this was less news but this was just a such really interesting article over at star wars newsnet and they uh they kind of mentioned I mean, that their article talks about leaked uh merchandise images and leaked uh, images of the crew for uh, t-shirts you know that the you know the, every season they get a t-shirt but often interesting is towards the bottom half of the article they start discussing some of the upcoming changes that have happened both in front of the screen and behind so one of the first ones is that i saw is that it says quote the entire cast is back including pedro pascal as the voice of din jaren with brendan wayne and latif crowder were in the suit and i don't know i mean it's we know that there's been other actors in the suit in past seasons but this is the first time that i think i've ever heard it said that he's doing the voice and nothing else that is interesting i mean yeah it was we always knew there were the stunt doubles um it it makes sense i mean and he's they, doing another show and yeah. he doesn't have time to eat places yeah and it i mean if if the actor is game it's probably a heck of a lot cheaper than you know if he just comes into a sound studio i don't feel cheated so mm-hmm. the other kind of interest go ahead there oh i was just gonna say like most people can't tell the difference i mean to be honest like unless you know and they acknowledge as much like the first two the first two seasons it was a mix right like, mm-hmm. he was sometimes in the suit sometimes not and no one ever knew when I think some people raised a fuss over that, but um, you, it was it was not something you could just see in the performance and know that it was him or wasn't him. Um, and if the body actors do a strong enough job, it's it's not going to be anything and, that we noticed. And I just want to and I just want to remind everybody that one of your favorite Star Wars characters of all time is nothing but a voice. James Earl Jones was never in that suit. This is the way. And I and I love it how they all like, oh, Hayden Christensen is in the armor. It's like big whoop de doo. I mean, you know, really, it just I, that is big whoop. <laughs> the other thing to kind of bring up is that Dave teased throughout all the interviews and all the uh, promotional material that this is going to be an action-heavy season, and not for nothing, Pedro Pascal is forty-seven. And hey, what are you saying? I'm saying you can you probably do one take. You probably can't do three takes. Some, some of us, heavy stuff all day some of us turn 50 in a week here. So let's let's watch out here. So. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm right behind Pedro. I'm going to turn 46 in a few days myself. So um, the other kind of interesting bit that I saw was in the next paragraph, they talked about how John Favreau is showrunner, executive producer, and the writer on all eight episodes. So one, season three said episodes. Two, John Favreau is the whole, only guy writing it, because although Dave Filoni is executive producing, he did co-write two episodes, but he's not directing this season. And they say because his main focus was probably on Ahsoka. 
Exactly. Yeah. And working on Ahsoka. So it kind of creates an interesting thought in my mind as to how things might feel different this season and if we're going to even notice the differences, you know, between seasons one and two and now, or if we're not going to notice anything just because John and Dave have been so simpatical for so long. We shall see. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It does. It does really sort of bring up an interesting that that thought, which and like my first immediate uh, comparison point is the uh, book of Boba Fett, right? Which was more action oriented, um, and a little less Star Wars lorey. Other than you know, like those certain sequences that you know Filoni was involved with with Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker. Um, uh, most of the rest of it was just, you know, kids playing in the sandbox and um, some of that trippy stuff early on too, with the with the vision quest and things of that nature. But um, I don't know, you know, it 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 really is interesting. Like if if we if it's not good, if people watch the season and they don't like it, we know exactly who to blame, I guess. Yeah, and it, I mean, because it's, because I mean, even though it makes me wonder if the two episodes that uh, Dave Filoni was involved, if those would be the Mandalore history heavy episodes. And he's okay, he's like, I'll need to be involved in those, but everything else, John, you know this, you know these characters, go do what, you, what you're going to do. I'm, I'm over here working with the Ahsoka show people because I want to get that off the ground. Because Again, this is one of those interesting things that every time you hear somebody complain about, oh, well, get rid of Kathleen Kennedy, give Dave Dave Filoni all the power. Like, there's only one Dave Filoni, and his interest is not in running the business. His interest is in creation, Mm -hmm. is in the the story, is in the the shows and how they all interlink and join in these characters. And the worst thing you could do is take him out of that and say, okay, now find a way to work with all the creatives, but you're not a creative right now. It's a similar vibe to uh, uh, Ryan Johnson right now, it's like and uh, Patty Jenkins. It's like I, I I'm interested in multiple franchises and multiple stories and multiple characters, and it's hard for me to do all of it. Um, and like you said, if Filoni were pulled into, you know, managing a studio or something, he wouldn't be able to tell any stories. How, however, however as we're talking about getting up in age. I mean, do you, I I would think that there's probably a little bit of Yoda's voice in Filoni's ear saying, pass on what you have learned. And that, I mean, after maybe after he gets done telling his Ahsoka story and, you know, ties up rebels and bad batch, maybe it is time to become the, you know, the lead professor at the college of star Wars, because up until now it was just George Lucas and then George Lucas passed on to Filoni. And now that you have all these things going on, you're going to have to, somebody's going to have to start working with creatives to say, to be the person to say, because George ain't going to be around. He's got, no, that ain't the way George did it type of a deal. So I could totally see him, you know, it's, like being you know it's like any any job that after a while it's like man this is a young guy's game or a young woman's game it's like it's time for me to pass on what i've learned so i don't know i mean like i said maybe he'll be maybe he'll be done after these like i said couple things and then he can just teach people star wars and make a pretty good bank at it yeah yeah no it's yeah it creates an interesting dynamic for him because he goes from being the heir to George to something else entirely. So, but anyway, so that's pretty much what I had. And you said you had something. Well, and it's, you know, Aaron's not 100% right yet, but it's getting close. Ladies and gentlemen, Disney is now offering $700 off on Disney hotels if you book a night or a, a cruise on the Galactic Star Cruiser. And they're also offering or $700 off the galactic star cruiser itself so that's so they're starting to find out that i think people aren't coming more than once in general and you know that people are going this is far too pricey the other thing that came across my uh this is also 
I mean, I, I've mentioned this, like I said, when I went to um, uh, Disney World back in May, because I did the uh, Savvy's workshop, the lightsaber building. I did that twice. And I said the second time was, you know, just kind of eh, because it was the same story. It was the same dog and pony show. The first time was awesome. And then the second time was like you knew you, it was like you knew what was coming. Um, so they've actually cut prices on Savvy's workshop, I think by 30 bucks, I think. 30 or 50 bucks what was it this morning and then also droid depot is marking down 20 now Iger came in and he's one of the things that Iger has been mad about is that things have been far too like they're just gouging everybody but i think i, I think we're starting to see the decline of the galactic star cruiser i mean let's be fair that was always going to be a niche market that was going to be serviced by that at best because i mean you're going to appeal to the hardcore Star Wars fans like us. But, well, we're, we're, you know, but the Star Wars, hardcore Star Wars fan is a small population. The way Disney makes money is that they appeal to as many people as possible for as much mm -hmm. as possible. And particularly the Galactic Star Cruiser, what they were offering was nice. But I mean, you're talking $700 off a $5,000 experience. Well, and that's the thing is I want to, I, I, and I don't want to beat the dead horse much longer but again two nights on the galactic star cruiser is about as much as what probably a normal family would spend on multiple days in the disney parks you know so it is and so anyway i i think i think we're starting to see the decline of that i still contend it's going to become an attraction at galaxy's edge and not necessarily a hotel and I, I, I totally agree with both of you. And I uh, especially Fredo's point about that audience being very, very small. Mm -hmm. um, Rise of the Resistance. Um, when we went to Disney World, like everybody wanted to be on it because it was the new ride. It was the hot ride. And like everybody that was talking about going to that thing, you know, everybody that I heard over, overheard talking about that thing did not know the first thing about Star Wars did not care about Star Wars. It was the ride. Yep. And that, and that had that crossover appeal. And to Fredo's point, that that hotel experience does not have that crossover appeal at all. So anyway, that's, yeah, that's what I just, I saw in the last couple of days. Like, hmm, yeah, this is, this is interesting. So just wait until Omega becomes force sensitive. Then we'll have this segment again. But, but uh, go ahead. Just, no, just to finish up. I also found it interesting that it's impacting not just uh, Star Cruiser, but that you're seeing prices come down on um, the workshop and the Troy Depot because those are the two things that I do think people, even the casual Star Wars fans, are like, I want to do that. But it also it may speak to the reality of the economic situation around the country. I mean, if you're trying to convince somebody to spend more cut them a break and get them into the, into the well room. and there are there are the people that it's like you know the pokemon collect them all type of a deal you know with, with uh savvy's workshop it's like you can if you have the money you can buy all the lightsabers eventually but some of them after the first time it's just like okay i don't need to build it anymore just give me the parts so i can put it together you know what i mean the the droid depot is that way it's not an experience you just go in you build your droids so you can build as many droids as you want i could see going back to disney each time and like i'm going to build a new droid i could see that um but like i said with those things that are experiences and i think about it i've, I've never been to the harry potter world and i want to go sometime because they do something similar with the with the wands and stuff like because that yeah. happened to you um but I mean, again, if it's like, okay, you've done that once, I mean, is it going to be different the next time? Again. It's not. So anyway, but uh, we don't need to belabor that. Uh, Dave, you want to explain our special topic for tonight? <laughs> sure, Aaron. And then, um, you can, then you can kick us I'm off. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> was that, whose Siri was that? Was that mine? Oh, nope. It says, Siri's saying... Uh, Actually, Siri just recorded everything I just said on my watch. That was spooky. Okay. Anyway. Well, she she says she doesn't understand, and that was a perfect seg. So let's <laughs> let's explain it. Um, 
so we were talking about uh, bouncing ideas around for this, and uh, I mean, I, I thought, okay, so what, what one thing we could do is we could sort of give in to some negativity a little bit, um, which is to point out which parts of Star Wars could we live without. Um, and I thought, well, let's take it a step further. Um, what would we actively try to get rid of? Um, and so I, I set the ground rules here um, that we would have to pick something uh, and it would be one thing that we would pick here um, to try to make it a little more challenging. Um, but also um, because it goes against my base instincts on Star Wars. And so I wanted to really sort of start, kick this discussion off with an acknowledgement up front that I think a very valid response to this question of what part of Star Wars would you get rid of? Um, a valid response to that would be simply no, <laughs> because I think you can love it all. I, I think back to certain scenes personally, um, stuff like uh, somehow Palpatine has returned, right? Somehow Palpatine returned. I, I still derive enjoyment out of that. Uh, you know, even if the enjoyment isn't what the filmmakers originally intended, uh, I still love that I got that experience, that that line exists and I can laugh at it now. Um, the stormtrooper bumping his head on the door, some of the prequel dialogue. Um, and yes, Palpatine returning. Th this stuff can make you roll your eyes or laugh or take you out of it. Um but I think that experience that you have now had has value in itself. Like we shared that experience together as fans. We were all in the theater together. We shared something together. And when we go back to it now, later on, we can recall those good times that we had previously spent. Um, so yes, I think if you look at Star Wars in that way, you can say, I wouldn't change a thing. And I will personally listen to that and respect that. That all having been said, <laughs> that goes against our rules for tonight. Um, but you did not... say that we we're also going to approach it with how would we fix it? Right, and that was that's constructive. You know, like, and that's kind of the brand, the you know, the bounce off point for this, right? Is like not only. Um, do we have a problem with it and it's bad, but like, how might we fix things too? Um, so if, are we good with me sort of sharing mine to begin with here? Go for it. Okay. As long as you don't steal mine. Well, we'll see. Huh? Um, I hope you guys had alternates just, just for just such an occasion. Um, so when do we ever not? <laughs> That's part of the fun, too, is at the end we get to share our alternates. Um, what would I get rid of? Uh, I would get rid of approximately 15% of Attack of the Clones. You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Hmm. Because to me, it's such an important movie within like the larger canon within the larger universe in terms of what it establishes and creates with the clone wars, um, the conflict and Palpatine's machinations and all of that stuff. It's this hugely imaginative thing. Um, and I think it's so very close to being a great movie, a great star Wars movie. Uh, and it, it, it has these high ambitions it tries so very hard to do unique things, um, things we haven't seen before, things that are like above and beyond what the technology would allow for. Um, and I respect it so much for that aspect of that, that it, that it is trying these things that it can't quite accomplish. Um, but I think if you clean several things up, um, several very specific things you'd have one of the greatest Star Wars movies of all time um, and you know for again, example, for example what would you what would you right. clean up 
this is a bit of a cheat, right? Is because I've got like a few things, right? Um, the the love scenes. Um, we've talked about those. They're just not well executed in general. Um, I would I would rework most of that. Most of some of the acting, uh, especially early on in the movie between Hayden and Ewan. Um, I feel like they took one take and George said, that's good. All right, we're moving on to the next thing. Um, and it, it just. Well, it's when they started doing the super takes, right? Where it was yeah. like, you know, Pad, you know, like uh, Natalie Portman's good performance and put that with um, Hayden Christensen's good performance. You put the two of them together and it's not necessarily going to be a good performance. Yeah, there's no rhythm. There's no right. magic or rhyming or chemistry. Um, in a lot of those uh, talky bits, especially early on, but also so, some of those love scenes. Um, some of the action stuff, it's like the, the, the effects weren't up to par or even bad, there was some bad choreography, I think, like uh, specifically in the, the Dooku um, duel, um, but also some of the arena stuff where it looks like guys are standing in front of a, a, a blue screen uh, doing absolutely nothing. Um, and it, there's, you know, oddly specific, specific scene in my head that I can never get over when I'm watching this movie is a scene where um, after Padme falls out of the uh, transport ship and then, you know, they're, the, you know, they're having their argument or whatever. And I'm, I'm fine with all that. But then when uh, that troop runs up to her, and it's like, are you okay? And she's like, yes, I'm fine. She hops right up and starts running. After she <laughs> fell out of a moving vehicle from about 20 feet up. Yeah. I, I cannot stand that scene. Like, it bothers me so much. Like, if you made me narrow it down, like, what would be the one thing that you would change in that entire movie? Like, it might be that one scene. Um, but um, I think, like, it's mostly cosmetic. And it's a few things. Like, again, like... Re reshoot some of these, um, reshoot some of these actors with different performances. Um, redo some of the effects. Do a little bit different choreography here and there, and bang, you'd have a cracking Star Wars movie. You'd have one of the greatest Star Wars movies we've ever seen, um, and people would adore that thing. So um, would you would you get behind a uh, special edition kind of redo of? Uh like what they did in the in the 90s with the original trilogy would you get behind them doing that with attack of the clones maybe with that one yeah because you know one of the things that bothers yeah. me about attack of the clones is actually that all of the clones are um cg and they and you can tell yeah and they i mean yeah because that's one of the things that's one of the i mean the stormtrooper armor was very in from 1977 it was very tangible you know it you could figure out how to make it type of a thing. And you, people clunked around as they were running in it, you know, and the, it, the attack of the clones looks very video gamey. Mm -hmm. Like all, all the Jedi temple sets look like you're watching stuff that would have been filmed for, uh, one of the Jedi Knight uh, video games yeah. from that era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, again, there's it's a long list of, complaints that anybody could have over that movie but like i said i think if you you uh if you just completely lop off about 15 percent of that movie um and replace it with like you said a special edition um i think you could do some really really good work there so yeah that's mine that that would be right. um I, I have a big what if with that movie you know mm -hmm. like most every other star wars movie it's he kind of you, you you get what you get right it's either great or not so great but i don't have a what if like i do with this one i want to think like if they just changed a few things um but yeah that that one's mine you want to go fredo or do you want me to no i'll go i'll go because so it's interesting because yesterday as i was recuperating from Kunigra, i was just watching tnt because they had a Star Wars Marathon, as they're liable to do on any weekend, and they're showing the sequel trilogy. So I was thinking about Dave's question and what I'll get rid of. And I think I settled on Snoke.
when I found you. I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. I would get rid of Supreme Leader Snoke. Gone 100% from Episode 7 and Episode 8. Because his function, there, there's two ways I see I see his function, his role. He's either a the manipulator, uh, seductor who corrupts Ben Solo to the dark side, uh, as uh, in turns him into Kylo Ren. That then Kylo Ren betrays, kills, and it's Kylo Ren the villain in the Rise of Skywalker, or he's a stand-in for Palpatine. And the fact that they reveal that, I would have just started, it would have been far easier, far better, and both thematically as well as way less surprise, somehow Palpatine returned, if it's Palpatine from episode seven right on in. If we had been left in the shadows and then towards the end of the movie, it gets revealed that it's a clone of Palpatine that's still hooked up to some machine and he still can't come out, but you know it's Palpatine. That way you wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had the mystery of who Snoke is, you know, I've had all those years and wasted YouTube videos of angry fans upset that Snoke was nobody beyond who he presented himself to be. Uh, but just from because of the standpoint, ultimately, he serves no real purpose in the story if you're not going to have Kylo Ren ascend to the role of main villain in Episode Nine. The moment you decided he needed to have a bigger baddie so he could be redeemed, just bring back Palpatine. Make it be Palpatine and it would have been a much smoother and easier storyline. So that's kind of what I would take away. Then it would, it would have robbed me of my, I, I mean, I'll never forget seeing the, la, the last Jedi, you know, even on pain meds right after having surgery and everything. And I did not see Snoke getting sliced in half coming from, I was, when that happened, I was like, I remember just audibly going, oh, oh okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was like, but that was like, hit me as like such a bold move by Ryan Johnson's like, you know what? No, we're just going to slice him right in half. And it's like, and he's wow. Done, and he's I mean, done. it was, it was just like, because yeah, we're, we're all speaculating over who's Snoke and what does he, what does he have to do with all this? And he's going to be that, but that, and then all of a sudden slice and you're like, that was Ryan Johnson just going to all <laughs> to all the yeah. Star Wars fans. I mean, and and I don't mean that in a bad way, Ryan Johnson. I thought I just one of the bold things that he did. Um, and and I think if, you know you make that decision because you're trying to elevate. He served this purpose in the story, and you're elevating Kylo Ren to be the big baddie to the for the finale. That's what you. That's what you built him up in Episode Seven. That's what you built him up in Episode Eight. That's what he should have been in episode nine. But because you had to have that redemption arc for him, because we're not, 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 it doesn't repeat, it rhymes. Therefore, you need to bring another big baddie in on top that could that he could be number two to, number two, four, I'm sorry. And that ended up being popular. And I'm like, if you're going to do that, just go back to the start. Who does number two work for? <laughs> and, and, and I just, I don't know. For me, the, my my choice would have been keep him and then just do a different episode night. But since we're not doing that, take out Snoke. Take him out. I would I would agree with a lot. I think if they would have gone, I mean, it's it, you can see both routes. If they would have gone Palpatine right off the bat, would have made we would all bought it because it's like yeah, we know mm-hmm. cloning is part of the lore and everything like that. But then with as much crap as Force Awakens got for being a rehash. It's like, well, here we go, and we got Palpatine and uh, Skywalker, basically, you know, apprentice. It's like the same story over again. So, you, it would still, it would have, would have ticked off some nerd somewhere. But, I mean, my, my wife, however, ladies and gentlemen, my wife is reading a book right now. Not, not the fact she's reading; she Sorry, reads a. Did you say that again? Stop it, Siri! Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, Colin, your wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, she she like reads a new book every every four days or something. But uh, she's reading one by uh, about Eleanor Roosevelt, and she's like just wanting to throw the book across the room because she's like we're fighting the same things today that we were in 
the in the 1930s and the 1940s. I mean, just across the board, it's like, I'm not going to get into that now. So it would have made sense for a Star Wars story to talk about, you know, that it, yes, George is right, that it does rhyme. That, you know, that old adage of, you know, those who don't, you know, study history are doomed to repeat it. And that's just kind of what happens, that things, you know, get in this cyclical deal. So I, I, I would I would have been on board with it. You know, I think one thing that they could have done with that, that whole mess, right? Because again, Pal- Palpatine sort of becomes the glue that sort of ties the sequel trilogy in with the previous trilogies. So it's like, okay, yeah, I, I don't hate that they brought him back. As ridiculous as a concept as it was, I don't hate it. Um, but I'm with you. Like, if they had done it from the start, like in episode seven, acknowledged it up front. You don't even got to show him. He doesn't even have to appear on screen. You can have Snoke be his surrogate. Snoke's the number two. Who does number two work for? He works for Palpatine. Um, and Snoke's number two. Okay. And he's his surrogate. And, and, and you just have him play the same dang role and have him get lopped in half in the second movie the same way. Um, and we would still have that shocking, ah, you know, oh, my God, they killed him off uh, moment um, when that happens because you still you still wouldn't be expecting it. Um, so maybe that would be a way to preserve that. Um, and but but like because the Palpatine thing just it just like you said. The idea of Snoke being the top dog and then. Ben killing him because Ben's going to take over the mantle. That that's where the logical progression of the story should have gone at that point. And they didn't, they, they didn't do that. Um, and they also didn't do it in a kind of an awkward way, you know, like, I mean, I, I love the fact uh, that that screen crush uses that quote all the time. It's like, that somehow Palpatine returned, you know, it's my uh, favorite thing. Oh my God. It's so funny. It is so funny. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm glad that they made the choice for that line of dialogue alone, you know, somehow Palpatine returned, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I'm with you, but I'm also with Aaron in that, like that moment from last Jedi, I would, I would probably miss if you got rid of him entirely. All right, so I, we should we should have a little game and guess what Aaron's choice is. But uh, no, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to say that I would my change, or what I would get rid of. I was going to say all, but I will say I'll be generous and say 99 percent. I would get rid of 99 percent of Padme's dialogue in Episode Three. <laughs> this is not me being misogynistic because I would not say get rid of the character. I would get rid. I, I, I think that the, her dialogue ruined that character. So let me, let me give you some, if you're, if you're mad at me right now, let me give you some, uh, some, uh, a little bit of taste. How about this one? Remember this one, kids? Anakin says, you are so beautiful. And Padme says, it's only because I'm so in love. And Anakin says, no, it's because I'm in love with you. And Padme says, so love has blinded you. All right, well, let's go. You don't like that one? Let's go on to another one. How about hold me like you did on that, uh, like you did by the lake on Naboo so long ago when there was nothing but our love, no politics, no plotting, no war. So I would get rid and I would get rid of all that garbage. I would, I would keep the line. Actually, I would rephrase the line of when she tells Anakin that she's pregnant. And I would turn it into a holy crap, we're pregnant moment. And then, or actually, you know what? I might not even have Padme tell Anakin that she's pregnant at all. I would make that an internal struggle with her. But then the rest of her dialogue is going to be nothing but politics, nothing but fighting Palpatine. I want her in the mix. And I want, like, I want her in the Jedi Temple, you know, and like, maybe Palpatine slicing her down or something like that, you know, type or something. I, I, I don't want her dying of a broken heart. I want her in the mix. I want her fighting for her Republic. I want her, like I said, in the trenches. And then, 
yeah, then she has the kids. And if she wants to have the line, they're still good in him. We can leave that one. But the rest of the garbage in between can go because they ruined that character. So, um, like I said, I would, I would make, I would get her into the mix of fighting. Um, you know, not, not just sitting in the Senate saying, this is how democracy ends with thunderous applause. You know, I'd say I'd have her saying, screw this and like getting her little pod out there and then go and busting into the chancellor's, you know, office and, or the emperor's office and trying to, you know, I don't know. Um, but it just, I, her dialogue in that movie just makes me not want to watch that movie. And that's not Natalie Portman's fault. That's not Padme Amidala's fault. That is, it's just George Lucas not being original enough and living up to the character that he created. Yeah, I think in part, part of the issue with her character in that movie specifically is that she's there to serve two functions. Function one, be the reason for Anakin's fall. Reason two, deliver the babies. And I guess reason three, to die. Because she's not going to be around even though in the original trilogy told us that Leia had some memory of her. Set that aside. I think that's part of the key issue is that unlike, say, and, and we know that they had more idea, of, or at least, I don't know if it was George or somebody else working with him, had an idea of her kind of laying the seeds for what would become the rebellion because those deleted scenes exist. That's where Genevieve O'Reilly was first cast as Mon Mothma, as a young Mon Mothma. Um, but I think that's part of the issue is it's a weird dynamic because you prescribe a character who in the first movie is very direct, goal-oriented, action-oriented, unafraid of, uh, of what uh, she needs to do in order to save her people. And you still get a good bit of that in episode two, even though, as Dave pointed out, the romance kind of gets in the way. Now, and I do want to... I do want to say that, I mean, and actually, Dave, it starts in Attack of the Clones when mm-hmm. out of left field, she says, I'm truly deeply in love with you. Out of left field. I mean, it's it, it, I mean, it's just like there was no build up to that, really. None. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, and now imagine it would take some reconfiguring. But what if Padme goes to confront Palpatine? In walks Mace Windu and his posse. And then after, after you know, the, the po- or just maybe just Mace Windu. He doesn't come with a posse. Mace Windu comes in. And then Anakin busts in and sees that Padme is teamed up with the Jedi who hates him the most. See what I mean? It's like there are things you could do to get Padme into harm's way and to create that that same distrust that you had on Mustafar without, Oh, you're with Obi-Wan now, you know, that, so yeah, I don't know. Dave hasn't, Dave hasn't commented on my choice yet. So go, go Dave. Uh, I don't like what happened to her character in that movie either. Um, I, I don't think that there's, would you let me ask you this? Like, what did you think of the deleted scene where she was supposed supposedly, you know, a little more involved in it, and they confronted the chancellor at one point? They had the separatist committee or whatever they were talking about. Well, that I mean, that that's the kind that's what I dig. But what we got yeah. was combing our hair and saying how much she's in love with Anakin, and it's just it. I'm I'm very sorry, everybody, but Star Wars is not a love story. I know, like we've tried to make it into because we have that one nice moment between Han and Leia, that suddenly Star Wars got romanticized into a love story. It's not a love story. Love is part of the story in this one little corner here, but overall, it's about something bigger. It's about it's it's about something bigger than. Anakin and Padme falling in love. And I just think George Lucas was lazy in trying to figure out how to make Anakin fall to the dark side. And I think go ahead. You you know, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and I think that you're pointing out one of what's interesting is we saw a similar character with her daughter, Princess Leia, in the original trilogy. And you know, in any one of the you know, in the original trilogy, 
Princess Leia is an active participant in the story. She's an active member of the cast. She's making decisions. She's getting into the scrapes. She's making stuff happen. And what's weird is episode one, that's her mama. That's Padme at the start. But you're right, somewhere about halfway around, once she starts falling in love with Anakin, it's like, no, no, we, we can't have her be, you know, actively involved in stuff. And so you know, they find a ways to keep her to the side, which is weird. And you know what I like about Empire Strikes Back is that, is that like you said, when, when you see Leia starting to break down and become vulnerable and realizing that she's in love with Han Solo, she, it's, it makes her uncomfortable. And you see that being portrayed, that this is not a comfortable space for her, you know. And then actually, it it was kind of a letdown in Return of the Jedi a little bit when you get the, the whole, you know, someone who loves you, you know, the Han and Leia arena. That was, that's okay. It's not as bad as episode three. But then, but then she's right back fighting, you know, after that. We never got that with Padme. And that's, I, I just... And especially if you're talking about, you're right, Fredo, it's like that was her mama in episode one and a little bit in episode two, but then she, I don't know. Ugh. And again, it makes me not want to watch that movie. <laughs> I, you know, um, I don't, I don't take it quite that far with it. Like it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. And I, I understand the storytelling reasons for why they went the way that they went. Um, I think, and again, like it's kind of interesting um, seeing it from a fresh perspective, which is, which is like, okay, I can see how she's basically manipulated and she's basically abused by the end of this because that's who she's married to. Um, but I don't, do we need, do we need that version of her character? I don't think so. Well, I think then, you're right. And I, I remember, think, I remember Leslie, you know, coming on the show yeah. and talking about that. And that, that is a very good point, but here's the, if that was their intention, then it was horrible at the end of it to show that and she dies mm -hmm. and she dies as a result of it that i mean that so if that was their intention it was a horrible <laughs> resolution to it you know so again, she got done dirty i mean like, it, it seems like it, it seems like there was there it seems like there were no women in the room when they were working this script up that and of course again it's man we're talking about difference between 19 uh or i guess about what 2000 and 2023 um so i get it but god i mean like i said it just seems like there was you know nobody in the room to say mm, can we do something different with her you know i don't know revenge of the sith was 18 years ago you want to feel old? <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. Thank you. You're only as I old just... as you allow yourself to be. So anyway, ah, so right. that so that is mine. Um, like I said, I it, it just I think there's I you know, I don't know if you could do it, you you'd have to totally remake Revenge of the Sith um, to to get that accomplished, and maybe someday I'll come to peace with it. But no, it's not the case. Um, okay, so some honorable mentions. I don't have any honorable mentions because that's the only one that's been stuck in my cross since you brought up this thing. I was like, that's going to be my thing. And nobody better steal it. So, Dave, what's an honorable mention that you have? Uh, ben Solo dying in the final movie. Um, I just don't understand why you had to kill him. I would have liked him dying as a villain. I think, or Or living as a fugitive. Or living as a fugitive with Ray or any other number of potential outcomes that don't involve you killing him because it's the easy thing to do. Um, and like, you don't got to resolve it. It's episode nine. You're not coming back to this character anytime soon. Um, it, it could be end like episode four with his ship flying through space or whatever. And then he's like, Oh, okay. I'm getting away. And, I live to fight another day. Get in like that. I would have preferred that. 
He was um, playing such a good villain that when they turned him Ben Solo, it was kind of I I think if he would have been a more a more tragic character had he like Fredo said, once Snoke gets sliced, make him the big baddie for you know Episode Nine, and then then kill him, and and have and make it because then it's like if and you saw if you could see a little glimpse of still he loved his mother and you know and you then he becomes a more tragic death than darth vader in return of the jedi so anything other than repeating the vader arc basically i mean right. like that i just i'm like i've seen this already why are we doing this again um and once they committed i i was willing to ride along with it just to see where where it took us you know i, I was like to the very end it's like well i don't agree with that but let's see where they go with it you know well, honestly that let's see where they go with it by the time we got to the end of it it was like they're gonna do the vader thing aren't they honestly when 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 ray stabbed him on the death star yeah and you could he could still have his moment with han and then fade away and you could have the rest of the movie without Ben Solo. It could just be Ray facing down Palpatine and having her deal. You don't you don't need anything of Ben Solo after that. You keep... I like the Ben Solo stuff. I mean, I I do. Um, I and I honestly don't even hate the kiss. It'd be based on what we oh, know. I forgot that. That's my honorable mention. That's yeah. my honorable mention right yeah. there. <laughs> well, there you go. But like it's what happens after the crap. Kiss. I forgot about that. that. I need more whiskey now. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what happens after the kiss that bothers me so much? The kiss leads to nothing. So why show it to us? It makes no sense within the concept of the story. Um, so I just yeah, Ben dying. Like you could have had more movies. You could have you could have had more television shows you could have done tons of stuff with that character and he was compelling as all get out adam driver was in that role um he could have been uh similar to reva the way they left third story yeah much in the same way and you would have wanted to see what happens next i would have liked to have seen an actual redemption arc like he had the moment right in this movie where he did the right thing and he came to the, you know, like, I'm going to come help her. And I've seen the light, right? You did all that. Great. You're not redeemed, sir. Not yet. Um, you killed your dad. You killed millions of people. Like, we're not there yet, sir. Show us the redemption after that in a series or a movie or whatever. Nope. But, you know. It's gone now. But, of course, uh, they brought Palpatine back. So, I but however, I think back. before we toss it to Fredo for his honorable mention, I will say I think it's a I think it would have been a an understandable and valuable lesson to be taught in a movie that you know what kids sometimes people don't get redeemed. Yeah. Like something he got what he had coming to him because he killed his dad he committed mass genocide on people he did x y and z and you ain't coming back from that maybe sometimes and maybe sometimes the villain just needs to get his anyway yeah. fredo honorable yeah mention. Uh, God, so honorable mention, the other one oh. that actually <laughs> yeah so the other thing that kind of came off the top of my head was actually the midichlorians yeah. i got rid of them I would just not have them. They, they, I know that you know, story-wise, they serve the purpose of explaining why Qui-Gon was so interested in Anakin. So it makes sense have, to have them. But they take something that's so, you know, because the Force is almost mystical in nature, a spiritual thing, and by making it into a force field that's got a scientific reason that comes from these uh, uh, cellular substructures. It's like, okay, you're kind of demystifying it a little bit, but also, you know, you know, it, it takes a lot of the fun, so to speak, out of Star Wars. That's one of the things that I think Ryan Johnson got right with The Last Jedi is that anybody could be a Jedi. You didn't have to be from the magical bloodline of Skywalker or Palpatine or Kenobi or Windu or you know, Yoda, you know, if he's Grogu's daddy, 
we all expect them to be. Uh, you know, you don't have to be from some magical, mystical family tree, which I tend to find very um, traditionalist. And, you know, that kind of gets boring after a while. It's similar nature of King Arthur. Oh, you're the son of the king, therefore you can lift Excalibur. Whereas the beautiful thing about Star Wars is it's egalitarian. Anybody could do this. You just have to have a strong connection and belief in the in the force and be willing to deal to you know give yourself the discipline to do it and you can be a jedi and i just found that the military is just kind of eh. in a movie in which you know there was a few missteps that was the biggest one for me yeah it says a lot you got rid of it i mean i would i would agree with that and i think it's yeah i mean yeah. it's funny because we live we live in such a uh um I mean, it, we need to we need to have an explanation for things, mm-hmm. and you know, and we just I mean, it's and it's, I mean, and and currently the battle is you know you know, we we just got done or we're still in the middle of a big battle of over science you know it's like, you know with the whole with all COVID thing and everything like that so it's, um I I do think that. I wonder if George was trying to over was trying to overcorrect because you know people may, literally made a religion out of Jedi, you know it's like um, so maybe it's like well maybe if I swing the pendulum over way over to science and say it's because of many chlorians, you know I don't know, um, but I, I I'm like you it's like and, and but of course Fredo you know you and I both come from yeah. You know, uh, catholic upbringing where it's like you know it's like there's take it on faith there yeah it's that it's that whole leap of faith um you know and it's and that's tough that's tough sometimes um and i would but i would have been fine if it's like you know if if anakin would have asked you know qui-gon it's like what's the force and qui-gon said i don't know (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just it's just there you know what I mean? If it wasn't like a, a science lesson, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, did it need to be there? No. <laughs> um, a lot of that uh, stuff surrounding Anakin's origin, though, you could you could change. I could take or leave. Um, the Immaculate Conception, the Chosen One. Um, it's kind of like, uh, how important was any of that? Um, ultimately, not a lot. Um, ultimately, this story is about a man and his son. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the family uh, as well. But it's really about those two people and their relationship and how they basically, between the two of them, are fate of the galaxies at stake <laughs> like I, I like that and uh, you know it's, it's it's great but uh do i need an immaculate conception and a chosen one and midi chlorines and all that background but, you know, Probably not. But, but however i will say that the immaculate conception you know type of deal that makes sense because like every culture has its similar story you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that is from that 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 made sense some to mythology me. to it yeah right. clearly that, yeah. so so that all made sense to me um but then like i said you're cheapening that by you know i don't know yeah. so man we're gonna get into a, like a bar fight here oh uh, yeah let's get into it right uh <laughs> Well, I mean, I, you know, uh, yeah, you ultimately, don't. Star Wars, you is going to get everybody into a fight. You know, two things you never do is discuss politics and religion, and here we are doing both. But there it is, right? Um, and like I, you know, that's what I would get removed from Star Wars is people who who deny that there are politics and religion uh, in their Star Wars. They're there, okay? Let's let's not uh, let's not pretend that that stuff's not there. Well, how about if you all tell us what you think you would get rid of in uh, in Star Wars? We did, we only stuck within the movies too. I mean, there's any number of things we could have gotten into the uh, Disney Plus stuff. We could have gotten into the uh, you know comics. We could have gotten into the books. You know, whatever. Um, so, 
Um, but let us know what you think. What would you get rid of? What do you think of our takes? Um, like I said, you can hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook. And uh, so as you're listening to this, happy Star Wars podcast day. And ladies and gentlemen, all you need is um, a microphone, a recording device, and um, an opinion. <laughs> you you too can have your own podcast. Uh, but until then, we will say who dat? And everybody have a great, uh, all the, the, all the parades are starting. And by the way, a very happy birthday to coming up to Fredo on, uh, uh, Friday. So happy birthday to you next week. Yeah. So anyway, with that, we'll say good at and take it easy.